Hey everybody, on this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to delve into the Nick Bosa drama with him opting to pull out of Ohio State and save his talents for the NBA draft and eventually the NFL. Um, we're going to talk about the NBA, the opening weekend. Um, the G League offer of $125,000 to um, highly elite prospects of the game. And then we give our, you know, early predictions of who we think are going to be in the NBA Finals and the NBA MVP. All this on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. This is me, E, and I'm here uh, with my two fellas, um, Al and Ace. Fellas, what's good tonight? I'm trying to be like Al. I, I, I want, I want full salt in the beard. That's what I'm. That's what I want. <laughs> um, I'm doing good I'm, right now. Just let's just get started. I'm just going to get started. Yeah, um, originally I wasn't really going to keep this this long, but I, for whatever reason, a lot of people want me to keep it, um, so I'm going to just try it, see how, where it goes. Yeah, it's a good look, son. <laughs> Much more distinguished. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You see, Trying, it. trying. That's, that's, that's where all that salt comes from. <laughs> yeah, and the stress of these kids, but we can continue on with that. Oh, yeah. I feel you. So getting right into it, has been a lot of stuff going on this week. Uh, but right at the top of the list, it's definitely been uh, from college football, something that has been sort of a bubbling trend, but this has probably been the most overt statement from any top-ranked college player. And then it's Nick Bosa, who was coming back from a um, – I believe it was a um, – Core. Core. A core muscle injury that he got um, surgery on and he's rehabbing from. But instead of deciding to come back to um, Ohio State to finish out the rest of the season, he's opted to withdraw from Ohio State and get prepared for the draft. Um, there's been some talk about some people, how do they feel about it? Are they in favor of him withdrawing from the school and just going, you know, preparing himself for the draft? Or um, should he have stay with his team? And he is a um, team captain. And should he stay with the team? finish up the rest of the season, but we haven't seen this trend a little bit with certain players, if they kind of get nicked up or injured um, going into the um, tail end of the season. Um, some players have opted not to play in the bowl games um, to kind of preserve and save their draft status. They don't want to get any kind of free kind of injury where their stock might drop if they're like, you know, ranked, you know, top 10 or above. So I think Bosa um, has definitely – um, and putting in work prior to the injury and even of last season. So he's been kind of ranked up there as the top five, if not a top three pick or top or a top pick, depending on who's picking first. So what do you guys feel about Nick Bosa opting to uh, withdraw from Ohio State mid-football season, per se, and preparing for the draft? Uh, well, um, I guess from what I've read – and from what I understand, the situation with the core injury, especially coming back from surgery, is he runs the risk of trying to get back, you know, trying to rehab and get back to the team too quickly. Then he he runs the risk of re-injuring himself and make his, making it more difficult for himself to then prepare for the next step in his life, which would be for the NFL. 
Um, it does help the fact that he is playing for the Ohio State University, and it's not like they got to rebuild. It's just they're reloading. So whoever's playing Nick Bosa's spot is probably no different than the, the, the next greatest best player for West Virginia or Rutgers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Boza not being there, granted, the defense isn't playing as well when he was there, but granted, he also played against lesser competition. Um, but I, I can't I can't hate the man for it. Um, I don't think he's bound out on his teammates. I truly believe that everybody on that campus and in that football locker room pretty much understands that he's a top five draft pick and he can only hurt himself if he tries to come back. And bigger than that, I'm sure he probably, and I've seen this happen a lot over the years where some players who, who believe that they're top five, top 10 or first round type of a player will pull out a, uh, an insurance policy against themselves in the event that they get hurt during their senior year. So if in the event that something really happens and they can't play NFL at least, they'll make two two to five million dollars based off of that insurance policy. And I'm thinking he probably didn't have anything like that in, on his behalf. So he figured why not just, you know, explain to the team as much as he would like to be there and just pretty much say, Hey, I'm there with you guys in spirit, but I think it's in my best interest to go ahead and follow you know, follow my dreams and pursue the NFL. So it's it's highly unlikely that I think that it, this will be the type of trend because I don't think anybody really wants to bail on their team so early in the season. I can see a bowl game, but um, I think this is just one of those, circum, those special circumstances that this kind of just played out that way. Um, I agree with you in, in that aspect of it. Um, I really will say this. I, I also agree with you in regards to, I don't think that this is much of a, a big deal. He's just really just prepping himself to get ready for the draft, which is understandable being as high as the pick as he is. Um, I don't think that the players just don't have an issue with it. I think it would have been an issue if for some, whatever reason he was, a, if it was like, you know, like a two week um, recovery or something like that um, this early in the season, then I could see if he didn't want to continue playing and going to the, to the NFL draft, then I could see people being upset. But at this particular point, by the time he recovers and gets back to himself, it will already be ready for the NBA, I mean, NFL draft. So I, I don't see a problem with it. He's just really just um, utilizing his time more effectively for his future. So I can't knock that. And like Adrian said, Ohio State is only going to replenish what they have um, with the amount of talent that Ohio State has. Um, it's, 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 I just don't see it being an issue. And I don't, that's one of the reasons why I also don't see the players having a problem with it as well because they got too much talent where even though he is a highly, a highly respectable player, and will probably end up in a high draft somewhere. I think that all in all, Ohio State as a team is not going to lose any uh, momentum because of this. I think they're going to still continue to do well, and I still think that they're still going to have a great shot of making it into the postseason of college football.
think you're muted. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, no, I was saying I agree with both of you guys on that. I think that um, if they're nicked up or injured or they're in fear of, you know, they don't want to, you know, jeopardize their um, their draft status. But, um, no, for me, I think, you know, he's just doing what he has to do. I mean, um, you know, like I said, he has money on the line. I mean, he's right now a top draft pick. I mean, um, he, he – Luckily, being that his brother plays for the NFL and his father played, he has the resources, and most importantly, he has the means to be able to just skip it and work and get himself conditioned and ready for the NFL draft. I think that, like you said, Ohio State is obviously going to you know, continue to do well. They're going to replenish next season. I think his draft stock increases if the defense starts to look a lot more lackluster than it has been. Um, you can contribute it to Impulsa not being on um, – not being on the um, not being on the team, but definitely I think it doesn't hurt his draft status at all. I think um, if he's right now a top five pick, I mean I can automatically assume he's going to probably be a top five, top three by you know all said and done. So for me, hey look man, go ahead and go ahead and secure your bag. I mean you know use the system as is because you know college football uses you as as they see fit. So it should cut both ways. You know what, I, I think it wouldn't have been such a huge issue if he stopped playing football but continued to take classes. And I think that's where the real big issue comes into play. You know, it just makes it look like Ohio State and all these uh, blue, blood, uh, blue, blue blood programs are just putting, you know, football factories. Just trying to get the best talent available. And... You know, hopefully they pursue their pursue their careers in the NFL if they're talented enough to make it there. If he would have just dropped out and said, you know what, I'm dropping out, I may drop my course load from a full 12 credits, because I'm sure he's not taking more than 12 credits, whatever the minimum amount needed for him to be eligible for the semester. What, seven or eight? <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're not including basket weaving or whatever else they be they taking. Um, but, you know, even if he said, I'm dropping, I'm not playing football, but I'm still going to continue taking classes or whatever, nobody needs to know that he went from 12 credits down to three, but he's still taking classes. And it probably wouldn't have been frowned upon as much. So I think I think that's where the, where the, the issue lies is that, you know, it's just, okay, I was there long enough. I kept my eligibility long enough. I kept my GPA up high enough to be eligible. But now, since I'm not no longer – playing college ball, I'm just going to drop out of school altogether and just pursue my NFL career, which is all well and good, but he could at least still took one class, you know. He wasn't going to get reimbursed because he's probably too far into the semester to get any monies back, but it's not like his family's hurting for money. <laughs> so, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> you know, so that's that. I think that's really what the backlash is. I don't really think anybody can really care less that he probably never plays another snap for Ohio State. It's just the, the it's just the, so easy that he can sit there and withdraw. Unlike, you know, previous episodes where we talked about Kelly Bryant and Clemson, you know, wanting to transfer, he still has to take classes and keep himself at least academically eligible so he could then transfer to whatever, you know, school that he wants to go to next. So I really think that's what the big issue is. Well, okay. No, I was just going to say that, you know, it's, it's amazing the fact that, you know, so many times a lot of people would put, would think that this is the wrong move for him. 
when he's basically just looking out for himself. You know, regardless of the fact where school he goes to and the college and everything, this is still a business, and he's putting all his eggs in his basket for himself, not for the team. Of course, he's all you know, you're committed to the team and everything, but you know, he can't do he can only do so much. And after being injured, you know, he should just focus on his studies and move on to the next stage or the next decision of his life, and which is the NFL draft. Then, by all means, he could take those classes, do what he has to do, and just focus on continue to build his stock up on for the draft. Yeah, but you said it yourself a, a, a while ago, and I definitely agree with you. I mean, you know, college football, basketball, for all intents and purposes, is a farm system without the money involved. Um, so what is what is Nick Bosa doing that is not already being done? He's using, he's exploiting the system for his benefit. Now, yes, will we, he, I think, have to say so early that he was dropping out? No, he could have – still did his rehab, still did his thing, gave the appearance that he was going to go to class or went to class, but he just told totally said, said, you know what, I already know what my draft stock is going to be. Why risk anything more? Let me get prepared for the draft because he already knows. And he's probably one of the exceptions of the rules in that case because not everybody's going to do that. Only if you're being told that, hey, I'm going to be you know, top three where you know your payday is going to be guaranteed for you. Are you willing to actually do, go that route and take the scrutiny that comes along with it? However, I'm hoping that's the only reason why he's saying he's leaving Ohio State and not trying to, you know, you know, offset anything that might have happened while he was there. I mean – that's the only thing my question was, why are you saying you're going to withdraw when you could have just said, I'm still rehabbing, rehabbing, and then all of a sudden by near the end of the season, no, I'm not going to play, come back, even though, you know, Ohio State coaches would have known already, but I just don't see the reason of putting it out. I'm withdrawing immediately and go right for the draft, but it's his prerogative, it's his right, and he's just utilizing the system for, you know, what he can, and kudos to him. Yeah, too bad it can't work for me. <laughs> I'm the I'm the hundred and first guy on that team, you know what I'm saying? I hurt my core practicing on the practice squad. But I feel as though I'm eligible for NFL draft. I can't drop out because I, I guess I, I would be securing my bag for the grocery uh the grocery store checkout line, you know. So <laughs> it's uh you know, I guess when you when you're that talented and you possess the skills that got NFL ownership and scouts drooling at the mouth, I guess you can go ahead and do what you need to do. I'm not mad, but not everybody's afforded that same luxury. That is true. Not everybody is. So that's why it's important for them to utilize whatever they can as far as to take it to that next level. And as much as we talk about and complain about with the NCAA doing their thing to try and keep players in and, you know, trying to, um, pigeonhole them to a, to an extent um, without giving them the with all these regulations and all these restrictions. You know, sometimes you, if if there's something there that you have to pursue for yourself, you just gotta do what's necessary for you. So I just hope that there's no no pushback in regards to the decision that he made, and wish the best for him. Uh, we'll see. Only time will tell, but um, it should be interesting. Um, but before we move over to our uh, move on to our next topic, we're going to take a 
take a pause and pay some bills. And um, shout out to uh, mybookie.com for all of your um, sportboarding needs. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Now remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's what we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Now trust us, guys. They are the best this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. And the mobile site is easy to use. Now just lay down some cash and win big today. And we only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most reward player person in business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over and under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Now remember, use promo code GUYS100 to activate the offer and my bookie will match um, your listeners' first deposit 100% up to $1,000. Now remember, visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. Don't forget to use the promo code GUYS100 when creating your account to claim the bonus. Remember, you play, you win, you get paid. Okay, guys, and we're back. So, basketball, basketball, basketball. It's opening week. Um, the circus that is uh, the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James kicks off at 10.37 tonight. Who cares? <laughs> the circus. And, my God, have anybody seen the um, Golden State Warriors um, championship rings, the um, flippable reverse ring where you can take the piece out? I thought that was very, uh, very, um, I don't know what to say. It, very unique. <laughs> Kudos to the designer for that because that's something I would have never thought. You could uh, the ring. I, I, I like I like, and the rings look like it's like three rings on one person's finger. So, you know, definitely the uh, Golden State Warriors got their third um, win in four years. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers is trying to get back into the mix. Who cares? Uh, Houston Rockets didn't look so good. Um, 76ers look like they're not ready to contend for the East yet. <laughs> in Boston, whew, they're deep. But um, actually something interesting came out of the G League um, that was just um, recently talked about where the G League is going to offer 125000 to elite prospects as alternative to the uh, college one-and-done route, They're basically targeting those um, would-be high school graduates who um, otherwise wouldn't have you know, spent just one year playing basketball and then trying to enticing them to the G League for a six-figure salary. Um, so I guess they're trying to offer an alternative um, to those guys doing the one and done or the guys that are high school, college that can't necessarily make the grade. And instead of going to overseas to play, they can play into the G League. They'll have the NBA development, play with some former NBA talent, um, be able to get a paycheck, and then having been able to, after a year or so, being able to, you know, go into the um, NBA draft. So, I mean, the college basketball, which has been hobbled over the last 10 years, this could hobble them a lot more depending on who decides to take, you know, take that route. But what are you guys feeling about what the G League is offering? Um, I will I will pass to the resident and the NBA expert in the room, uh, and I will follow up behind him. Go ahead, Earl. Take it away. 
<laughs> I get to, I get to ask the question, answer my own question. No, no, it's fine. Um, me personally, I think that it's a good idea for the NBA. Um, because they come up with a feasible solution that will in turn work in their favor. Um, whether you realize it or not, it does take away the talent from the NCAA and it also gives them the option in paying them to take away the option to go overseas as well, because you have scouts actually looking at them um, from an NBA level, whether it's the G league or not. My thing is, is that, like we talked about a little bit earlier, I kind of agree with what both of you guys were saying in regards to how do you determine who's what? Um, because at the end of the day, you know, everybody's not guaranteed to be a top person or an elite player um, just because their coaches tell them that. And there's going to have to be some type of way to distinguish it. And I think Ace brought it up about the McDonald's All-American all I mean, all -American game. Um how many players is going to be um, compiled for the G League is the question I have. Or how many players is it going to be as far as the maximum that's going to be offered an invitation to the G League? So I'm, I'm waiting to hear more um, in detail of how they're going to do it. But I think the concept is a great move for the NBA. Um, bad move for the NCAA because it takes the talent away from them. But you know, I think for the NBA standpoint, it works out in their favor. So, um, I think it's a pretty cool idea. Um, like you said, Al, um, it will be interesting to see how scouts or if there's a special select, uh, special scouts or special NBA folks that go out there and determine who the best uh, top basketball players uh, in the country coming out of high school will be where they where they utilize scout and rivals um, who determine the star fact you know the star systems for these guys to determine who are the best players because I guess you know they have the most you know the most eyes around because they're located in every state and you know and so it'll be kind of interesting to see if the NBA kind of joins and does like a venture with them and probably not to take their review as verbatim, but probably sit there and say, okay, well, they had these top 20 players here, five-star. Out of these 20 players, who do we believe could be, those, you know, that that fantastic enough to deserve $125,000? Um, on the flip side, though, I did see a tweet where somebody was saying that it's interesting that the G League and NBA is kind of doing this. But on the flip side, will it entice the sneaker companies to shell out even more money to then push those kids to college because they generate more money for the universities. And the universities will then generate more money for the shoe companies and vice versa. So what's to say that the G League will offer Alfred Qualls the fourth $125,000 for coming out, being a top player in his uh, – in his senior year, but what's to say that Under Armour won't come out and say, well, we're offering you 130 if you go to North Carolina Central University to be that star for that team. What you going to do? Because now you're paying me more than what the G League is paying. And 
all this money is kind of funneled and nobody really knows that I'm getting this money until somebody becomes a whistleblower. But I don't think that, I mean, to answer your, I don't think that, um, I think players is going to realize right off the bat um, that if it's a quicker road to the NBA, I think that they'll prefer that completely over the NCAA because I think the G League is just a stepping stone to – it's really just a half step to being in the NBA. Um, I, I understand the money aspect of it, but I just believe that any, any college player who plays basketball is – I mean, not college player, but any player um, in high school, they're thinking about making it to the big leagues. And if the G League is the quickest way to get there, no matter what, I think that they would prefer that route – over um, college basketball, whether they're playing for, you know, with the shoe deal or not. Yeah. Because, I, oh, go ahead, Earl. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to take a wait-and-see approach because we all know that the, um, the age restriction as far as, you know, with the NBA is going to not be for another few years. I think, like, what, 2020 or 2022, somewhere around there. So – it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that because to me, this all seems almost like a band-aid to the problem that the NBA has with, with players and how they want to determine whether they're going to be one and dones or what. I mean, it just, because my thing is what helps your brand more? Does you, and you want to make the big money. Does it, benefits you more to go to the G League where no one is really seeing you because you don't see G League on the TV. Yes, you're getting 125 grand or whatever money they're going to pay you. Yeah, you might get a shoe deal, but no one is still seeing you. Or does it benefit you from going to a blue blood like a Duke or a Kentucky or North Carolina where you're guaranteed to be on TV, you know, you know, all the time. You're playing in the March Madness. You're guaranteed to be seen. You're going to get more national notoriety playing for those blue blood college, you know, college teams, as opposed to being in a G League where you can have some NBA development, but your brand you you won't be won't be seen as much because let's face it, I couldn't tell you when a G League game comes on TV, and I couldn't tell you one person that's on a G League team outside of when I'm watching the NBA if they happen to say. X, Y, and Z came from the G League and got brought up. So that's, to me, that's going to be the more interesting point when this all comes over the next couple of years is how do players see the advantage of going to the G League or going to the college pros where your shine is going to be more than if it is going to be in the G League. You might end up in the same place, but that shine for people seeing you on college basketball may bump you a tad bit higher than someone in the G League who might be beasting, but no one sees you outside the NBA. So I don't know. It, it's it's going to definitely, um, I think, more so with the basketball least because if I'm Under Armour and if I'm, you know, Adidas, I want to tag that kid that everyone sees all the time as beasting that you're going to see on college more so than I want to see a person in the G League where no one sees. We know he's good, but I want to hitch my wagon to that next big thing that's going to, you know, that everyone's going to know about, a household name. Trey Young, for example. You know, Trey Young, I mean, he decent. He's going to be all right in the NBA, but, you know, his hype was bought. You know, his hype was built 
because he was the Steph Curry of the NCAA. Nobody would, <laughs> right, exactly. But nobody would know he would be the Steph Curry of the G League because unless the NBA is going to take full advantage of trying to then uh, broadcast those games, but you have to be a real NBA junkie to sit there and want to watch that. And the average person would rather, you know, in my opinion, would probably want to watch March Madness before they want to see the Idaho Barnstormers versus <laughs> the New Mexico Roadrunners. You know what I mean? I, I could be wrong. <laughs> You'd be amazed. And that's why I, I understand what you're saying, but that's why I also believe that if this was to go in place, that you will definitely see more G League games playing broadcast live. I think that that will be – I think that's the NBA's idea of what, what they're trying to accomplish because if you get um, elite players into the G League system and then the first thing that they'll say is we're going to promote these people as much as possible, you're right. Right now these G League games are not even played on broadcast television. They're in like Facebook Live and stuff like that. Um, you get the, the big three on TV more so than the G League games. Exactly. Which is definitely correct. That is definitely correct. G League doesn't have that much broadcast. But this is why I'm saying that this is a good idea from the NBA because if you bring those elite high school players into the fold, then you'll see, you know, the NBA taking a risk or taking a jump and saying, okay, now nah, let's get these G League players. These are here. Let's, these high school players are here. Let's get them on um, TV. Let's get them promoted. Let's get them out there more. And what that will do is increase people's view base because – the high school players already have a certain amount of following. So they want to see how that projects in the G League. So the G League will benefit from that, which in turns will make the benefit the NBA. And what this also does with the G League, because there is a system where they, their home, the NBA team affiliated with the G League team, they can take those players and convert them over to two-way contracts. So let's say you got the number one high school basketball player on, um, I'm going to just use my team, for example, on the Long Island Nets, for example, a G League team. Brooklyn can come in and say, you know what, we're going to snatch this guy up um, and sign him, even though he signed for 125, you know, 125K um, a year. He's affiliated, since he's affiliated with Brooklyn Nets, we can come down and swoop him up. And that's why I said, I think there needs to be a little bit more detail because once that year is up for the high school players, are they going to throw them into a giant pool for, you know, for a draft or something, how is that going to affect them? So there needs to be some type of, I guess, system in place when it deals with the high school players, with the one and done players, because if they play, if they're fully committed to playing for a year in the G league after that year is up, what does that entail do for them? Um, Cause technically can they be entered in a draft? Like, Brooklyn could come in and just sign that person they had on it, you know, that high school player to a two-way contract or an exhibition tent contract and keep their rights. So there's got to be a lot more in play um, and a lot more detail about how they're going to do this because it's so open. Like there's so many different possibilities. Like 
I'm pretty sure NBA teams with lawyers are looking at it as, all right, let me see what the back hole or the loophole is where we could get around where we don't have to commit to a full year and our, or commit him to a player to a full year already have their rights. Uh, I'm, I'm, unless they build it in and turn the G League more so like a minor like league system, minor, minor league system. When you come to when they when they make the A restriction, I think it's end up going to be two years in a couple of years. Unless you say if you opt to go into the G League, then what you have a supplementary draft where the NBA takes those players that they deemed worthy enough to play in the G League and say, you play in a G League, we have your rights, we can bring you up. But if you don't go to the G League, then your butt got to go to college and do two years and then go to the draft. I think that will probably maybe the way you do it, either A, the G League, then maybe a person gets your rights, or if not, you go to college for two years and then you go to the draft. That may be a way. I don't know. That age restriction is going to play play a, a role down, you know, play something down um, down the road whenever that comes into play with, with this, the way the G League is offering it up. Yeah, right now it's just so many what-ifs at this point. Yeah. Definitely needs a lot more clarification um, to see how this will work before I guess we could all say whether or not it's really a good idea or, is you know, or okay idea or a bad idea. But I think there needs to be a lot more clarification of how this process will work going forward. It was the one and done that messed everything up. <laughs> I'm, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I just saw the score of the Broncos-Cardinals game. I wasn't watching that because it was a blowout when I stopped watching it. 35-3 to in the second quarter, Broncos. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> We'll go ahead back to the G League. Uh, uh, wow. I don't know. Uh, basketball, like baseball, you know, there's a lot of talented players out there who could benefit from playing in the pros where, like baseball, you know, there's a lot of talented baseball players out there who get drafted and get stuck in the minor leagues whether it's their Class A, AA, or AAA affiliates of that particular team. And some of them never, ever make it. You know, I, I doubt that the NBA will ever get that deep in that, uh, in, that, in that scenario as far as having so many levels of a particular farm system for, for a team. But it can almost – it can almost work in their favor where they sit there and they take – say, the AAU circuit and make that the lowest level of the minor league. But those kids don't lose their amateurism by playing in those leagues. They may not be able to get paid, per se, but maybe they still get that NBA guidance. Maybe they still get that NBA tutelage. And they can still participate in high school basketball. And then once they get to their certain level, they have that decision to make. Do they want to continue on that path maybe in the minor league system and then maybe go for the double-A affiliate or however they would want to rank it or class it? And then you still have those elite players who would then be considered 
the 125,000 G League type consideration versus those who sit there and go through the whole thing and say, well, you know what? I'm good. I don't consider myself to be that good. But so maybe a college career might help propel me because then that'll get me, you know, somewhat exposed and have some, some form of, I don't know, tutelage, be it not so NBA, but you're still getting some expert, you know, some pretty damn good coaching on a college level, depending on where you're going in the power five or the G five type of level, the division one basketball. I mean, that could always be a, a situation, but I guess in that sense, it's probably a bit more convoluted, maybe even a little bit more uh, complicated. Because now, you know, I think this whole thing has come about because of this whole FBI probe and what these shoe companies are doing, trying to steer these kids to these uh, to these organizations. Now you're really going to push the shoe companies really out because now they can't even affiliate with AAUs because now it's under the NBA umbrella. Well, to be honest, I don't know about that because at the end of the day, even if you push the elites out to the G League, you're still going to have a certain amount of players um, playing in college basketball. So um, I don't think it's going to deter them. They just want to find another player, which is unfortunate, but that is true. And if you don't make the first tier um, where you're going into the G League, you got the second tier players who's going to turn out to be stars in the college basketball realm. And if under the right tutelage, like you said, Ace, um, they could turn out to be college stars um, college basketball stars um, taking place over the taking over where the elites would have been. So I think that all in all, this is not going to be a drop off, so to say, for college basketball, maybe for the talent wise. But college basketball is always going to be the same no matter what. And it's going to give those second and third tier players a chance to shine in on in college basketball. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, we have to see. I mean, I don't think there's gonna do, there's no silver bullet in this in this regard for you know college basketball because you know the the college football and NFL work very you know you know symbolically where you know you can't go from high school right into you know into the NFL because your body is just not you know ready to handle the rigors of a man's sport. Baseball has a farm system, so they definitely weed out all the players. Maybe some people that should be in the, in the leagues don't make it, but it looks like everybody that makes it sort of supposed to be there where college basketball, you get a lot of guys that's one and done to get to the NBA that could have probably benefited from another year or two of basketball and the product of the NBA, in my opinion, is starting to slip because now guys are sitting there might take a year or two maybe even three have really developed into their own where 10 years ago kids were coming right into the league that spent two or three years, you know, in um, college basketball beasting right out the gate. So, you know, I don't know this, there may not be a silver bullet, but if they're going to put somebody behind the G league, then so be it. you know, it's well, interesting to see. Well, to kind of piggyback off of what you said, Al, as far as, you know, elite players going to the G League for this contract. And there'll still be great players. Um, but don't you think, as it stands right now, you know, you have the certain programs who get those big-time talents. 
and even then they have those big dime talents doesn't guarantee that they're going to be great at a college level meaning from a team aspect we've seen how Kentucky's had great squads but they don't always make it to the final four Arizona last year got knocked out in the second round um North Carolina doesn't always make it. Duke, you see, Duke doesn't always make it. So, if these teams with these ones and duns aren't always making it, and now the the elite of the elite is now going to be going to the G League, NBA, however they're going to go about it, we're already saying that there's a tons of parity in college football. How much more parity will it be? Now you're saying that shoe companies will sit there and then target those great players that are in college. But great players in college don't translate to stars in the NBA. You know, you got some great players that came out of college, and they are the 13th man on the bench not doing anything for themselves because they just – they're good enough for the NBA, but they're not marketing material for these shoe companies. So I think it would make it even more incredibly difficult for shoe companies because – you could beast in college, but you don't be shit in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> and that's no, real. <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. I really do. But when it comes to shoe companies, it's, it's all about marketing. And when it comes to marketing, it's all about timing. And you can have a good enough college player that is going to be – that may not be highly ranked in the NBA, but good enough ranked in the NBA where – at the right time and as soon after they get drafted can sign a person to a deal for the summer. Now you're right in the NBA, they could, you know, rookie year, everybody's going to expect them to be a learning curve. After that, they could just fall off the face of the earth. But the point is, is that at that particular time from when they get drafted to the rookie year, that's what it's always going to be about. Somebody, some brand is going to utilize that timing to sign a person to a shoe contract and utilize showcase that timing aspect of it once they fall off of course they're going to fall off completely fall off on the face of the earth but i don't think that marketing like shoe companies are going to sign long-term deals with those type of players they're going to do like maybe a commercial or two here and there for the summer and then call it a day but like i said it's, it's all about time and i don't i agree with you as far as you know they not gonna they may not do anything in the NBA, but at the end of the day, shoe companies don't concern what they do. It's just where they are right now, how hot they are right now from a marketing standpoint. Let, let me just let me just throw out a, a blue blood, a blue blood program to you, and you tell me the first first player that comes to mind where you think that if this was the case, what the scenario is right now, going back for this particular program, for as far as we can remember in our lifetime, mm-hmm. what shoe company would have offered somebody based off of what we know? You ready? Oh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. You're putting me on the spotlight. I'm going to okay. try. Okay. Duke. What shoe company? What shoe company from, from our lifetime, players that came out of Duke, that were, you know how Duke put them out would have been worthy of a shoe company based on a scenario that we're speaking of right now would be eligible. They would sit there and say, well, you know what? Marketing them coming out of college, who do you think would have been worthy of a shoe, a shoe deal? That, based was, that, off of, 
Based all on right, wait, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I got this right now. Let me see if I former. I got uh, uh, you said a former Duke player, right? Correct. All right, let me see if I got this correct. Not, not, talking about, not including talking, Tatum. Not including Tatum because Tatum's a beast. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying a former college player, Duke. All right, any but a former a former college player who was hot right then and there, but has fell off in the NBA. Got one easy, Jimmy Fredette. Oh, Who? Jesus, Jimmy Fredette. No, no, no. I said Duke. Duke. He played for Duke, didn't he? I don't know. Jimmy didn't play for no Duke. Who did he play for? <laughs> one Duke. Ah, sorry. All right. Um. Exactly. No, 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 no. I got you. I got you. I got you. One Duke player. What? This one. And this whichever Duke player you feel is fit to meet this scenario. I, I thought Jimmy played in Duke. I don't. I don't he did play for Duke, didn't he? No. Jimmy Fredette didn't play for Duke. Earl, would you be the statistician and look up and see where Jimmy Fredette plays while I'll sit here and ponder <laughs> real quick? <laughs> I would say J.J. Reddick then. And how long did it take J.J. Reddick to actually establish his niche in the NBA? <laughs> it took him a long time. Definitely took him a long time. But he was hot coming out of Duke. Just like, uh, just like Jay Williams. Just like... Uh, but what I'm saying is, it just, <laughs> hey, I'll give you another person. Like, right now, because technically he's playing his rookie year, but Markel Folks, like, he was playing for a Washington team that was garbage. But yet he was still the number one play, well, one top players in the NBA draft. So that would have been a perfect opportunity for them to market him, you know, be coming out of as a highly draft pick during that whole summer, even though he didn't even play a lick. For the first year of his real NBA season, they could have utilized that. So, so you're saying that uh, a former Duke player that was a former Duke player that was highly regarded, or just a Duke player? Highly regarded, coming out highly regarded. Exactly. There's no, there's no real Duke player that you can sit there and say that really stands out in your mind, except for right now you got Tatum, Jay Williams. He got hurt. Carlos Boozer. Elton Brand, uh, I, I guess Grant Hill will probably be the only one who has some sort of hype. But Austin, what about Austin Rivers? Get the hell out of here. You <laughs> <laughs> got a big player. You just didn't. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. That proves my point. Outside of maybe Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley hurt himself in that car accident. No Duke player, though hot, coming out of college based on this particular scenario. In my opinion, this is my opinion, wouldn't warrant so much of a shoe deal because I don't think their play was good enough to say they deserve their own shoe. All right, but but all but right, a different right. category because that because Mike Chesky drafts players that fit well into a system, and he's had the sprinkling of those one-offs that can operate outside of a system and still do their thing. But collectively, even going all the way back to your, you know, you know St. Saint, Leitner Saint and all <laughs> those guys, he drafted players that fit well into the system that he played. It wasn't until you had a, let's say, a Jason Williams or maybe even a Jason Tatum who could operate outside of that new system. Yeah, Jason Williams, who hurt himself on a, a motorcycle. Right. Plus. But um, all those... 
Because see, you almost invalidate your own argument because a lot of those Duke players, when they come out, you know, within the first couple of years, they, they, they fall off. I mean, there's a couple now that are still doing good, but 90% of them fall off because they excel well into that Duke basketball system. And most of them aren't one-on-one type, you know, ISO players because Mike Krzyzewski up until fairly recently didn't allow one-on-one ISO basketball. And but and also the fact, I mean, I know you you put in Duke as an example, but there are so many other players out there in different teams that are warranted the same thing. Like you, you know, I it's maybe a little bit difficult to to predict a person from Duke, um, you know. But my point is is that, and like I said, and you was right, Jimmy Fedette's from BYU. But <laughs> my point was is that, um, my point was is that someone like that who was basically was highly recruited, highly respected, um, coming into, you know, came out a great year being one of the top scorers out there. Coming in, everybody was hot on him, high on him in the NBA draft. Um, And still, you know, he's not even in the NBA. But in that time he was hot, to his rookie year, he would easily have gotten a shoe deal. Easily. You know, another one, uh, what's, what's that dude? Another dude that came out was hot. Um, looked like Shaggy. No, no, no. I forget his name. Um, I can't think of his name. I forget. I can't even remember the school, but he came out hot. I mean, hot as hot can be. Are you talking about, wait, you said Shaggy. Are you talking about Adam Morrison? Yes. <laughs> Can't believe yes. I got that right. Wow. Yes, from that from Gonzaga. Right, that fool came out as about as hot as anybody could ever come out, and he did absolutely positively nothing. Hell, West Virginia has one. Joe Alexander, Milwaukee Bucks pulled that, picked him in the ninth uh, ninth overall pick. That fool playing overseas somewhere right now. <laughs> well, it happens to a lot of teams. Right, but I mean, the the NBA is such a crapshoot. No, it is. It is. I completely agree with you. It is a crapshoot. But that's why I said it's all about the timing aspect. Like, if I'm a marketing person, the first thing I'm looking at is how hot they are where they are right now. To when you see that they, they'll dive off, then I'll be like, all right, we're going to use, we're going to sign you to a shoe deal for about a, a good summer or to your rookie year, one year there. Um, use you as hot as you are right now. After that year, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, well, like I said, that new G League um, deal is going to be very interesting moving forward. Definitely going to be curious to see how it looks, um, you know, next couple of years and how the G League, you know, entices players to play for them and how it, how it moves forward with that. Uh, but before we uh, get ready to um, see our goodbyes and all of us get some nighttime sleep, um, NBA season has started off. Just real, just real briefly, your early predictions of who's going to be in the NBA Finals and who's probably going to win MVP. I'll go with Ace. Who's going to make it to the Finals and the Finals MVP? Yeah, no, um, who's going to make it to your, your, your early predictions for teams in the NBA Finals and early prediction for MVP? Oh, Anthony Davis, Pelicans MVP. Um, God, I don't know. Pick anybody out the East. Um, 
And Golden State. Shit. That is unfortunate. Um, I hope Houston can knock them off. But hell, I don't even want to see Houston in there. Personally, 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 I would like to see Portland. I know it ain't going to happen, but if Portland were to make it, I'd be happy. You said Portland. Okay. So I'm going Dark Horse. Portland. Coming out the West to beat whoever's in the East. Big Al. Um... I, to be honest, I'm going to co-sign with Adrian. I really think that I'm, I'm debating, but I, I right now I have Anthony Davis. Between Anthony Davis and Quiet Leonard um, as my choice for MVP, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. I think it's this – they're going to be scary. Um, I do have the Warriors going back, but the East is such, like I said – I, I'm choosing between Toronto and Boston. I think Boston is just a little bit deeper right now, but the way Kawhi Leonard is playing, I'm really scared of Toronto right now. Um, so I'm going to go with the Warriors in Boston, of course, and I got Anthony Davis as the MVP. And I got Brooklyn making the playoffs. Let's go, Brooklyn. Woo! I'm making that bold prediction. All righty. For the MVP, I would love for the big man, Anthony Davis, to get some love. Um, however, I feel that, you know, the media wants to give it to LeBron James. I think if that Lakers team gets 50 wins, they're going to give it to him, which would be ridiculous. But I think they already got his name etched into the MVP. But I want to see Anthony Davis. I want to see a big man get some love. I'm going to tell you right now, sorry, but if LeBron gets MVP for this this for, for for this season, just because of that, I'm really going to be going in. Sorry, continue. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think it's already a joke because they already want him to win it, but that's a whole another different conspiracy theory for another day. Um, the West, I'll have to say, some, you know what? Something tells me on the way to the finals, something's going to happen with Golden State, and they're going to stumble. I don't know who, but I have a feeling it's going to be a non-Golden State Western Conference team in the finals. Portland. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> they need Come another on, piece, but not. Come on, another. Dame Litter. Come on, Dame. They need another piece. Um, in the East, I say, I say Boston. Even though I do agree with you, Al, I think Toronto's going to be a number two seed. And I think if Kawhi Leonard definitely plays like he played with San Antonio pre-hurt and all the other BS, they're going to be much – they're going to be way better than 76ers. Yeah. I, I, I say 76ers winds up being a fourth seed. Not even a three, but a fourth seed. Who you got number three? Bucks. Yes. 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 All right. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm, 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 I want to pull. I actually would love to see Milwaukee actually make it to the to the, uh, the championship, only because I think Jabari Parker is that piece that they're missing. I Jabari, Jabari Parker is not playing with the Bucks. He is Milwaukee Bucks. Nope. No, Jabari Parker is with Chicago now. Yeah, oh, he was right. on TV. I just saw him. He's right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. But they they definitely, I think, they're going to be a scary team, too. Now, I, I, to be honest, I completely agree with your predictions, Earl. I think Philly is going to be fourth. Milwaukee and Toronto right now is uh, – they're two scary teams. Very, Very scary. scary. I think Boston right now is 
is just depth wise, I think is head above everybody else in the East, but Toronto and I think the Bucks, I think are going to be right there nipping at their heels all season long. All right, everybody. And with that, um, that is, that is our time for tonight. So um, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. Oh, Jabari left Milwaukee. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Adrian, uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And shout out to everybody that's been checking us out as well. Appreciate it. And you can find me on Snapchat, uh, Snapchat, the Twitter, and the Gram, um, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And as always, everybody, remember, yourbookie.com for all your sport betting needs. And with that, we want to say salute and have a good night. Deuces. <laughs> the visual and the verbal. <laughs>